Hello. Hello. Welcome to season four, episode three. Christopher. 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 You don't have a lot to say about this episode. I don't, so. But that's really I'm excited lame. to have a conversation. That's it's really, really lame. lame. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to let that's you down. That's super lame of you. It's super lame. Yeah. I joined. Like, why don't you feel like you have a lot to say about this episode? Well, for those of you just joining us, <laughs> uh,. I love Sopranos, yeah. and I love, I like this episode, but I just feel like it's it's kind of coming out of left field, and I feel like it's just like not up to the caliber of the rest of the show, and I feel like, in terms of the things that I feel like we normally like to talk about on this podcast, there's just not as much to work with in this episode. I think it's actually like a standout episode just in terms of, it's less about the kind of like vibe of Sopranos in this very kind of like realistic environment, where very subtle things are happening kind of metaphorically all the time. I feel like they enter the genre of like social issues in a very like head-on kind of way. It's a little bit the wire. Yeah, but I feel like they're just bad at it comparatively. I don't know. It's a different thing. I yeah. don't I'm not saying it is like any other episode of The Sopranos. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's in the same style. And if like but I don't know if you can necessarily call that caliber. I I understand. Yeah. I guess it is doing something different. It's doing something really different. And I think like something really interesting. I'm glad not every episode is this. That would yeah. be really draining. You yeah. know, so I'm not like it's not like I'm saying that stylistically this was my favorite type of episode. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot in it. I think they're like really giving us a lot of information on the things that they believe in about identity and about mm-hmm. Um, you know, these, like, all the individuals in this show, like, we get a huge insight into all these individuals in the show and how they see these kind of, like, larger issues of identity. Totally. Um, I guess something I've always struggled with, then, with this episode is that, like, it just feels heavy-handed. Like, it feels forced that all those things kind of come out. Whereas, like, this show is always so subtle, and I always feel like the dialogue is so believable. It's just kind of, like, amplified. Yeah, but I think, like, in some ways, like, that kind of adds to what I like about it, though. And I think it is this kind of like it's not a normal episode like there's really nothing that carries over in this episode but besides like we see the casino yeah some other times and th- this you know relationship between um janice and different men continues on and Pai <laughs> but like beyond that it is this like i don't know exploration into identity like it serves a really specific purpose i don't think its purpose is to do a lot of connecting. I, I think it's supposed to be this kind of like standalone exploration. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Um. So I think, and I think the heavy handedness is really funny. Actually, I think that like contributes to the kind of comedic value yeah, of this I think, episode yeah, too. Yeah. To a degree, parts of it are intentional. I think that this episode does get a bad rap somewhat unfairly because I think that there's like deliberate, you know, writing that basically like makes these characters like caricatures of different. Yeah, but I, but yeah, I think that cultures. I think that's so part of it. Like I, I agree. I think yeah, I think they're being a caricature of themselves of themselves, like the writing team. I yeah. think like because they are like they're using tropes from like a lot of other TV dramas to make this. Yeah. Um, or I don't know, like, I'm just thinking about, like, Janice's psychiatrist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's this, like, character of a psychiatrist. She's not like the other psychiatrists we see on no. the show, right? She's kind of this, like, hyper character. Even the environment is obviously yeah, so different like, and, like, reflective of who she is. Yeah. I So I just think, like, that 
I mean, Michael Imperioli, who was the writer of this mm-hmm. episode, like, I think he actually, like, really delved deep into, like, research on identity and kind of, like, I mean, identity politics, I guess you could call it. Like, he really went deep on, like, what he thinks about these issues and mm-hmm. how he portrays other characters to view these issues. Like, I don't know, for me, one of the key scenes in this episode is when um, they're buying Pyomai, mm. right? Which, like, it's funny because, like, they don't make a big deal of it. Like, right. Of course, we have an episode titled Pyomai yeah. coming up, not next episode, the one after, I think. Mm-hmm. I think right? so, yeah. Um, so we have this whole episode coming up about Pyomai and, like, the, you know, what comes after this scene. But when all the characters, like, we have Hesh there, right, who's, like, this being this character caricature of like Jewish identity and the Cuban guy and the Cuban guy <laughs> who has yeah and his name is Ruben <laughs> the Cuban <laughs> um, like it is it's larger than life anyways but I think like that scene like yeah it's like super heavy-handed the stuff that they're saying yeah but it is kind of like demonstrative of I don't know, like, Tony even talks about these, like, groups, groups. Like, it's all about these different groups and how Mm -hmm. these identities become part of their larger kind of cultural identity and their currency and then how they see themselves in the world. Um, Tony talks about it, too, when he's talking to Syl, right? And, like, the whole thing, you know, like, how people use identity to be... Like, people aren't aren't using their... Well, now, I think now in, like, today's Mm -hmm. culture, I think it's, it's changed, which is good. I think it's for the better. But there was a time, like, kind of what they were reflecting, right, where, um, like, people weren't given praise based on their affinity with an identity group, right? Like, um, now we're really, I think, like, celebrating more what different identity groups bring and celebrating the good things. But for a long time, like, stereotypes and things like that focus on just the negative stereotypes that are mm-hmm. associated with a group, right? Like we're very hesitant to focus on the positives of groups when we're stereotyping and when right. we're like judging other groups, right? People focus on the negative. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's a really interesting episode. I have some stuff to say about it. So Yeah. I mean, I have stuff to say about it too. Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting too, like that many of these characters like Patsy and Silvio are so amped up about this issue and it is so important to them. Like it makes Silvio like a completely different person. Like he is supposed to be this level headed, yeah. calm person and yeah. he's not anymore because he's so passionate about this Italian American issue. Yeah. What's interesting to me is that like all the characters are just kind of like spouting nonsense. Totally. About their issues. Like they're just like Totally. There's really like no substance. Everything is so superficial. Yeah. Like the character um, on that talk show that's on TV where they have, like, a representative from all the groups. Yeah. That guy is a total moron. The guy who's representing Italians? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, exactly. He's, like, the captain of the seas. And, like, he's, like, saying all these stupid <laughs> things. Like, like, my, like, take my grandparents. One Sicilian. Like, he's telling these right. stories that are, like, really dumb. Yeah. Um, in this kind of, like, academic... I think, like, the critique of academia, too, is really funny. Right. So that's why I think I like it yeah. also, but... It's interesting um, there, too. Also, like, the moderator then is, like, kind of on his side, which is somewhat bewildering. But then, like, he turns on him when it becomes an issue for his cultural identity. Yeah, no, exactly. So, like, when he appropriates a term from the slave trade, mm. then he has an issue with it. And, like, mm. a lot of people... I think one thing that does happen in this episode is there's this emphasis on, like, the men 
just doing what's good for them and yeah. not for others. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. like we have that with Ralph towards Rosalie. We have that again with Ralph towards, <laughs> towards Janice. Yeah. Um, but you know, these, these characters are kind of just like, they're concerned about what impacts them, what yeah. impacts their cultural identity. Totally. We get totally. a great reintroduction of Richard LaPena, the ultimate, right. ultimate king of only caring about this one strange yeah. specific issue. That but, targets his cultural identity. But that's kind of what I was saying with that scene where they're buying Pyomai, right? Like, at first, Hesh and Ruben the Cuban are kind of on the same side, right? Which is, like, kind of more on the side of the native group, right? Yeah. They're more, like, you know, they're, they both can identify kind of as these oppressed groups. And, like, you know, Cuban culture obviously has a huge history of colonialism, right? So, like they both kind of lean towards the other side than the mob family. But then it's when Hesh feels like he's comparing Columbus to Hitler. He's like, you're, whatever he says, you're, um, you're trivializing the Holocaust. Right. And, right, like, and then he's all affronted by this Cuban guy, right? So yeah. like, even though they could maybe find some common ground and like all groups could find some common ground, right, right if they really wanted to. Yeah. Um, even though they have this kind of like common shared view, um, it comes down to what like is very specific to each of them. And they, you know, the Cuban leaves because of it. Right. Um, what is the Cuban even doing there? I think he's something <laughs> to do with Pyomai. Like maybe he owns Pyomai. I, I don't know. Some Pyomai stuff. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> no, but like that is the thing about this episode. Like there are like some silly, and I want to, later right. on, I want to talk about Karen. Like I want to yep. talk about the other stuff that's kind of like, you know, special about this episode. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just think what they have to say about identity is super interesting and like clearly like David Chase wanted to say something about culture and identity he does it the, throughout the whole show in these different ways right. this is just one of these ways that he does it yeah there are other episodes where it's more heavy handed there are other episodes where it's you know just under the surface mm -hmm. level but he clearly like we know that it's something he wants to grapple with right and I, I think that why this episode stands out from other ones is because it's so overt in tackling mm -hmm. those topics mm -hmm. and this show typically like deals with those kinds of issues in a very successful way without like overtly. I don't know. It has. I don't like. There to, to are there are degrees. other times where this kind of is a thing, and I I think they're, like, I think they're purposeful. Like kind of like how maybe at the end of this season, maybe we'll talk about the whole season as a whole. I think like yeah. each season kind of does have an episode like this. Mm. Interesting. So coming just coming out of season three, what's the episode in season three that you think of that's kind of functions the same way? Well, not, I mean, not in the same way with, like, the cultural, mm -hmm. the, like, culture stuff, but to have these kind of standalone episodes that, like, choose an issue to deal with. Like, I think Pine Barrens is one of them from last season. Um, I could flip back through my notes. Mm -hmm. Right, but you mean just in terms of, like, kind of like, of, like, kind of, like, having, having a message and it, wanting to yeah. really bring it across and... I don't mind that. It doesn't bother me. Right. You know, like I, I want to watch a show. But that's okay. I mean, because like yeah. structurally, I think it's cool when there's like an episode that exists kind of within its own world and has a theme. Yeah. But I find that most of those themes are more kind of like existential or something yeah. in their in their scope. And I find that this one is just like so literal. Yeah. And I just like, I wonder, I do like this episode. Like I did not like no, this I episode. I, I just struggle to kind of think about it in the same way as some of yeah. the other ones. Like, what I wonder is, like, what is the intent of this episode? Like, even when I'm listening to Tony's monologue at the end yeah. about, like, 
you know, he's kind of going off on them about identity and groups. Yeah. I kind of am thinking like, well, what is the intent of this episode? What is the takeaway about cultural groups? And I, I mean, I think we're, we're landing on some things, but yeah. I don't think that it's like, for me, like executed to the same level as some of the other episodes. Yeah, I don't know. I think like he's trying to, I think, you know, in the aftermath of 9-11 and, mm-hmm. and um, kind of like at, you know, like in the early new millennium, um, dealing with these issues of like, you know, what it is to be an American and what it does mean. Like, it's kind of like at, you know, uh, I mean, we're so much more comfortable now talking about identity, yeah. I think. And, yeah. like, and and back then we really weren't. Like, that was kind yeah. of when people started, like, with 9-11 and with these yeah. things. Like, um, we started to kind of grapple with the meaning of that in the new millennium anyways, mm-hmm. right? And, like, you know, even with kind of, you know, the back and forth on affirmative action. Like, it was it was a time where these things were really pertinent and mm-hmm. so i think he was responding i think like he like and michael imperioli you know and tim ben Patton, who's directing it um like i think they made some choices to do that in a way that was like almost a timepiece. i yeah. don't know um i think like i think it's like in some ways like less about what it means for the characters in terms of like going forward with those characters who they are yeah and more just as kind of like an exploration of how different characters would react in these situations right or like a character like exploring kind of the possibilities and like i like that scene where the guys are sitting at like the very first scene of the episode where the guys are sitting outside of um satrials And we have these, like, different, like, we have Furio, right? Mm -hmm. Who, like, we talked about him a little bit last week in terms of this, like, European thing, right? But he brings up this whole, like, North Italy, South Italy dynamic, right? And, like, we have some Italian friends. Like, we know a little bit. So, like, we kind of can understand that. But, like, we don't know the depth of that kind of level of, like, I'm not going to say racism. Again, it's, like, one of these kind of tricky things. But, Mm -hmm. like, these, like very um i don't know like embedded um conflicts between groups mm-hmm. right and the and groups are like i mean it's just like social socially constructed right there's like nothing really that different i mean i shouldn't say this maybe but like oh my god you know like, <laughs> like between north italians and south italians right like yeah. like they could find lots of commonalities between them, right? <laughs> but there's this age-old kind of, you know, these differences and these cultural differences that do, it is a point of tension, yeah. right? And as a non-Italian, I don't understand it, but I understand other tensions, like I'm from Quebec, and so mm-hmm. I can understand this funny, right. uh, you know, to some outsiders, um, Francophone versus Anglophone right. conflict, or, you know, Quebecois against all sorts of things that right. they're against. <laughs> um, but... For outside, like, it is it is kind of funny. So we have him, like, being this kind of, like, you know, like, outsider's perspective, right? Like, he's like, I thought Columbus was a hero. Like, that's his perspective of Americans, that they really, yeah. like, value Columbus. Right. Um, we have um, Bobby kind of, like, passing commentary on Native populations, saying they're all just, like, sitting around and smoking, smoking mushrooms, mushrooms, right? Getting government checks, yeah. Um, we have Ralph calling them commies, um, but then we have Chris saying, and I was paying attention kind of like to the few times where Christopher popped up, because mm-hmm. of course Michael Imperioli wrote the, ep- wrote the episode, 
and the episode is called Christopher, even mm-hmm. though we know that that indicates, you know, Christopher Columbus also. Yeah. But like, you know, there's I was looking for what Christopher had to say. And he was the only one of those guys who was like, well, you have to admit they got yeah. massacred, the Indians, right? Yeah. He's not on the side. He's like, he's not woke. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> about the issues, but he right. does understand that there's... I think he's the one who's interested, actually, when they talk about throwing the blankets with polio or sorry with smallpox yeah when yeah. hesh mentions that yeah, yeah. no they, there is another line there with i didn't write it down yeah but yeah like so they they do differentiate him from some of these old guys i love the scene where they show up to the protest and like Artie's there right yeah. like being a dweeb but like it's all these old guys that we don't know right right who are kind of like leading this charge of the protest mm-hmm. um and so they are really showing, like, the differences between generations and how... And then we have AJ, right, yeah. reading, you know, uh, whatever it's called, A Brief History of... You know, People's History of the yeah. United States of America or whatever. Um, and so, again, like, showing that difference. Like, I love that scene, like, what he's learning in school. And even, like, Carmela comparing... But is he... Okay, that's confusing, too, because is yeah. he actually reading that book in school? I think so. That, that's, that's a strange book He said his, book te- his teacher... It is, but again, it's, it's like, hyper... Like, you have this kind of teacher who's pushing boundaries. Yeah, like... Right. Um, I, don't know, I had teachers like that. Yeah. Um, it's funny, though, that AJ doesn't realize that it's not a history book. No, <laughs> he, he really doesn't. But then we have, like, we have Carmela making comparisons to George Washington owning slaves, right? Which is, like, again, like, we've just experienced, like, in our time now, like, the tearing down of Confederate statues mm-hmm. of Confederate soldiers, right? Yeah. And that comparison is often talked about with, like, Washington and Jefferson being slave owners, yeah. right? And we still revere them, and, yeah. you know? And so it is, it's exploring this issue with Columbus, right? Yeah. Like... You know, can someone do good yeah. and bad at the same time? I think it's well, weird. I think it's weird. That's that where we, it maybe yeah. gets interesting when the context of this show, yeah. because I mean, that's really what it's examining, yeah. you know, all the time. Totally. And so, you know, they, they do take that and then they examine it in this kind of like, yeah, social yeah. issue kind of way. Yeah. I think, like, like I said, like, I think it like is a little bit wiry. Yeah. Which, of course, I love the wire too. So, mm-hmm. um, again, like you said, is it. It's not the same as The Wire. It's not. They're not no, but it's the entering thing. into the same realm. Yeah. Like I think Sopranos. I kind of like, like it. I don't yeah, know. Exists in a different domain than a show like that. But here it actually is experimenting yeah. with tackling something head on. Well, I think they're also tackling like a different part of it, right? Like they do kind of explore the corruption between organizations, right? Like we have Zalman who mm-hmm. can't help him with the Indian thing because it's a sensitive politics, topic, yeah. right? But he's still going to come and show up. We have the owner or the CEO of the Mohawk or... Mo... Yeah. Mohonk. Mohonk? Mohonk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the chief, whose last name is Smith, yeah. right? Dave Smith, like something like something, that. Something, yeah. Um, you know, this, he's his, his grandmother's mother's aunt I his, was... I think his yeah. grandmother's mother was an eighth. A quarter? I think it was an eighth. It was really... Anyways. Really weak, really weak connection. Yeah, but like, but you can't, like, that's the thing, like, you can't deny someone, or I guess you can, I don't know, it like, brings up all this stuff, like, yeah, you can, can but you, can you, like, tell him that he's not native or his native? No, his but native I think that's Soprano, like, I think that they are creating a character who is obviously, like, milking this for 
certain yeah, yeah, benefits. Yeah. I think yeah. at least like that's the impression that I get about him as yeah, a character. Yeah, totally. But that's a big question, right? We had that woman who was the um, the chair or whatever of her um, the African American organization, and she was white. Oh, right. Remember that one, yeah, right? Of course. Like it does bring up these kind of like larger issues of identity right and, and there's like, obviously can... a spectrum of ridiculousness yes but they're but i don't know they're like dealing with it all there yeah um but yeah i think it's really interesting in light of that i just i want to like you know we, there's other things to talk about i think too but i just want to see oh that ridiculous speech that um oh, carmela yes. and the other ladies go to at the church that was a crappy keynote speaker <laughs> yeah but like some of the stuff in that was so interesting like I'm just trying to find my yeah um when they t- <laughs> they're like such flair we have added something something mm-hmm. but they just see us as pizza makers um it's this like weird motivational speech for italian women homemakers <laughs> yeah it was so weird but then like that cutting moment where she's like you know talking about non like you know the the w- women who aren't associated with organized crime Mm -hmm. and she's like because isn't that who we truly are and all those women they're so upset um i think it's a very strange so like a really strange interaction it's a weird thing it's weird whenever they clap (laughs) yeah when they clap it's really funny if they say then say that we're from the land of aromatic asiago and supple barolo and everybody's like yeah i know they're really excited weird thing to say um what's sill's wife's name is it Gabriella? Gabriella. Yeah. When Gabriella goes to talk to fa- Father Phil, it's a very strange interaction. Like, again, that's one of those yeah. kind of, like, over-the-top moments where you're like, what? But, like, I this don't know. This episode's I, just full of them. So, full of them, yeah. right? Like, that's an interaction that I don't think they would really have. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, she's so affronted by him having this opinion come across, right? I don't know if she would be, like, that... Well, honest. Like, I don't know if she would go and be like, right. you know, we're mob wives. Like, yeah. what were you thinking, right? Like, that's okay. So that's like part uh, yeah. of the thing that puts me off on this episode. Yeah. It's like there's just like certain devices that are used. There's there's just like certain things that happen that I feel like yeah. aren't in line with characters and just aren't as yeah. believable. And I feel like the level of realism in the show is like second to none. Like it's so realistic. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that in this episode things happen. Even like AJ reading his book in the kitchen. I'm like, it's it just seems convenient. I know. Like they're serving a point. They have that book there. It's just like. I don't know. I know. It just doesn't. I know. But there yeah. are some things who are, that are a little more like under, I don't know. Like, of course there that are. are under. Yeah. So like I like when, for example, like when it's Junior's trial is starting, right? We yeah. see so little of Junior. Yeah. Um, we see him in two like, or I guess like, yeah, well, I think two kind of key moments in this episode. But um, with like the selection of jurors at the trial. Yeah. Right? Like you can see like the lawyers are mm-hmm. looking at all these people walking in, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a huge, like, I, I guess, like, whatever whatever identity politics means. But, mm-hmm. like, that's a huge element of that. But it's not, like, there's nothing outright said there. You just mm-hmm. see. But you're already kind of primed by watching this episode to be thinking about the impact of that for Junior. Mm-hmm. Right? And they bring it up again, like, you know, right. this, these perceptions of Italians being linked to organized crime, mm-hmm. right, by other groups. Yeah. Right? And the difference then between what Italians think about Italians, right? right. Like, they wouldn't be identifying Italians as much with That's identifying with, That's a good point. with yeah. that, right? Um, 
I don't know. So, yeah, I just... I, well, and I also, really Junior is completely oblivious to that. He doesn't care. He cares about his phone bill. <laughs> yeah. He's actually... Sure. You can see the lawyers, like, trying to get him to pay attention. Yeah. Because this is clearly, you know, very important for their trial. And Junior kind of keeps, like, talking over him. And the lawyer is just trying to focus on yeah. who's going to be, you know, on the jury. But. Yeah. And then, I don't know, just, like, a couple other things on this identity issue, right? I thought the other, like, kind of not as believable part of this was mm -hmm. like i guess it was sill who was like this is going to be a hearts and minds campaign right right i thought that was like kind of funny but it is interesting to think about like in terms of the media in terms of um like almost like it's almost like to do with like the fact that like their the, all their common goal is money right like mm -hmm. but it's like all about public perception it's all about like their ability to make a dollar yeah. like that's why they don't want to be perceived as negative in this riot right like right. neither group wants to be the one that's perceived negatively in the media because they you know that does have an impact on their group and therefore their ability to be making money and like have this kind of like clout in society right so, um yeah i don't know i i think it's an interesting part and definitely like something that you know, the team was grappling with. Totally. I mean, yeah, and Silvio talking too about how he gives money to the Italian-American Anti-Defamation League. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. And I think, like, it also clearly relates to, like, what the actual makers of Sopranos were dealing with with a lot of the criticism they were getting. Totally. About, well, that's like, what I was saying. It's kind of, like, of Italian -Americans. meta for that, like, or whatever, like, yeah. a characterization of themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, like, a lot of the criticisms of them were that they were depicting Italian-Americans as members of organized crime yeah. which it, it like in retrospect now when i like reflect on that yeah. in 2018 it just seems like so ridiculous and such like a like a simple-minded criticism of this show mm. it's like i don't even i know i don't even i, get I don't even it. really I'm like, get what? it it's like yeah just because like these people exist and they t happen to be italian doesn't mean that you're like I don't know. It's I just know. it's a it's a weird stretch to say that like the fact that they have a show about the mob yeah. that like you're I don't know that you're like bringing down an entire race and to make that like your single-minded pursuit to like bring these people but down I, and launch yeah. lawsuits against them is weird to me. But I guess like I don't know like I can't really I don't know very well. I have to go back in time. Yeah. But like if that's the only depiction on on, on TV mm -hmm. of Italian families, right? If you're like mostly being served up this like white American white bread. Right. Right then that one depiction does hold a lot of clout. That's like with stereotypes, right? Like if yeah. someone's never met someone of another group and then they meet one person who's mean to them, right. they have this idea about a group that like that's all Whatever. jazz musicians, you know? <laughs> like, right. um, and you develop a stereotype based on that, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I get it. I get the argument. It's so funny to me now because I think we do, like there has been effort put into... Well, it's not, we're not doing a good job, but like we're tr we are trying to have you know more television and media that shows the depth of cultures and right. not just like white American culture. It's just it's a weird reflection on the interpretation of the information because to like see that these characters exist as members of organized crime and then to like extrapolate that like all Italians are like that is just like. I can't even really understand how like your mind. Yeah, but can that go but that's how humans are. Like, right. and I know like you can say that for yourself, but like, if you had never met an Italian person, 
Right. And had other experiences. And, like, the only thing you knew about Italians were that there was the TV <laughs> show Sopranos. Sopranos. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Like, right. that, that, like, I know it's, I know mm-hmm. it sounds ridiculous. Right. But, like, there's, I mean, think about, like, today's political climate, right? Yeah. And, like, how much misinformation is believed and, like, right. very strongly believed right. based on complete idiocy. Right. You know? I don't know. Yep. No, um, totally. It's I think but that I think that's what they're trying to show us, right? They're like, how ridiculous is this? But also like Yeah. There's truth in it and there's Right. You know, like it's important. It's important to grapple with. Complex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it is. The only other like identity piece I had, and it's kind of like aside, it's not really so much about the ethnic identity, was just there was a couple characters who we saw like differences in how people deal with death. And I mm. noticed that in like that comes up more than once in the show and for yep. some reason I pay attention to it. Um, but we have in this episode, you know, of course, and we'll talk, I want to talk about Karen later, but we see Bobby grappling with the death, death of his wife. Yeah. Um, in this like very, you know, emotional way, emotional and, um, I don't even have the right words to describe it. Like this, like it kind of takes some characters aback, I think, right? Because they're not used to seeing people expressing emotion in that way. Especially in that environment. Like, we, that place, that funeral parlor is a place that they've established throughout the course of the show as where there already have been a lot of funerals. Yeah. And people are always very detached from Well, we see the guys even in in... at that funeral, right? Like they're all like discussing Sill's new ring or something. They're yeah, all, like, and that's like the typical corner. reaction yeah. to death. And so to see Bobby like that is especially striking. Yeah, and the women notice it, right? Like that's yeah. kind of the interesting thing too. Anyways, so we see him deal with it and we'll talk about Karen later. Um, we also see Rosalie dealing with it, right? And which is interesting because she's like lost everybody, you know, and she talks about that, um, that she's a, she calls herself like, too close to death. I don't know. She mm-hmm. says something about herself and her proximity to death. Um, but, you know, we see her kind of like wanting to get into her feelings and like unpack yeah. her feelings. And then we see Ralph, who's like completely unable to deal with that. What a great choice of man to get into your feelings. He's a good guy. Yeah. Is he? That's what everyone says. Right. Um, you should keep him around. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's a piece of shit. We'll talk about him later, too. <laughs> Um, And then we see Janice, right, who's, like, able to, in the face of other people's despair and death, um, be manipulative. Right. (laughs) She's good at that. She's famous for it. Yeah, but I just, you know, just in terms of people's identity, I thought that was also an interesting part. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to talk about Karen and Bobby and Ralphie and Janice, because they're kind of our plot points that move us forward a little bit. I would love to. Okay. Where do you want to um, start? Well, I don't know. I, I'll start with Janice, maybe. Oh, and I want to talk just, like, briefly about Polly and Johnny Sachs. Right. Yeah. Because they, they talk too much, those two. <laughs> um, They're meant for each other. Yeah, I'll talk about them after. But, yeah, Janice. So, like, it's, so it's interesting, actually, in this episode for Janice. I think it does give us a lot into her character. Um, in a bit of a, I don't know, I, I have, like, a a bit of a qualm with it or something like that, but maybe we can talk about that. But we have her go to her therapist who she clearly lies to like crazy. She like sells this version of, right. she's like completely sociopathic yeah, um, and sells this version of herself. But I think the therapist, and this therapist says a lot of bullshit, like mm-hmm. just like a lot of crap. But I think she actually says one really good thing. Mm. And 
she tells Janice that Janice looks for these guys that are similar to her brother and her father. Hmm. And and she does, right? Like, mm-hmm. she does go for these, like, very violent guys yeah. who are in the same career as her brother and yeah. father. Um, and, like, you know, that she shouldn't be repeating these old patterns, right? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, and, and then we have her being, like, actually, like, really you know, at, for, a, for a short time, grossed out by Ralphie, like when he comes over, mm-hmm. right? And But then she caves to his right. charms. Me, he's so charming. And, you know, they have one last little fun time that they <laughs> whatever have that is. together. Whatever, Wh- whatever that it is that they do together, they do that again. <laughs> Um, one last time, <laughs> and which I'm, which I'm sure it's is beautiful. great. It's really beautiful, and but she's like disgusted by him, right? And so she, but and so she thinks that by moving on to Bobby, she's going for something completely different. Yeah. And the psychiatrist is kind of like Janice, like yeah. he works with your dad, um, but it, dad. but in with your brother. With your brother. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but in some ways. I don't know. In in some ways, she kind of is, right? Like, Bobby is different from the other guys mm-hmm. in some really key ways. Um, right. Like, we mentioned kind of his emotionality. But then, I don't know. Anyways, I do have a little bit of trouble with this quick introduction of Karen. Because it really makes yeah, me feel a, like a she's, a, she's a tool. Yeah. I don't know who she's really, like, whose narrative or whatever she's propelling forward, like... Bobby's, I think. But also Janice's, yeah. but also, like, you know... Um, yeah, it's just, like, I think, like, they do show her in this season, but, I mean, we're on episode well, three. No, they so show like, her for, like, three for, like, seconds for, like, in episode three one, seconds, and that's And that's it. it. And yeah. then these are, like, her first lines, and then all of a sudden she's dead. It's like, oh, my God, are we watching a soap opera? Like, yeah. It's just, like, very cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, like, another example of something that's just, like, a little bit convenient in this episode. Yeah, but it's, all, like, it's obviously something, like, it's not really about this episode. Like, I don't I don't really want to blame it on this episode. Yeah. Either. Right. Because it was mm-hmm. obviously, like, a season decision, right? Like, right. so I can't... Just the way it's dealt with yeah. and rolled out, though, yeah. But, but in some ways, too, like, I think it is kind of to point out, um, I, don't, I don't know how to, like... You know, we see her, like, all of a sudden she's, like, great friends with the rest of the mob wives, right? right. Like, um, it is kind of, like, the cheapness of characters or something like that. Like, I don't know. There's some, <laughs> there's something around it um, deeper, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, but, like, yeah. And, like, but to go back, like, Bobby is different, right? Like, apparently he didn't have a Gumar, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, I do wonder, like who the setup is for like what what are they trying to propel forward in this show or like what messages are they trying to get at by having bobby be a character who whose wife dies yeah and then janice tries to get in there yeah um seems like quick for janice i think that's the other like Mm -hmm. i don't like her like dumping ralphie and stuff like that like it was kind of like abrupt and um, yeah exactly yeah so i don't know but (laughs) So I, I just kind of question that part. Mm-hmm. And then what else? Oh, Ralphie's ringtone is the Rocky film theme. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Which is really strange. Carmela and Furio have some beautiful, bright soap opera moments early they on in the really episode. They really do. No, it is soapy. It kind of like works with that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I want to talk about John Polly. So like, why does Polly even tell the joke to Johnny Sachs? Like, why does he do that? Polly, that's stupid. And likewise, <laughs> um, 
because he tells the other he oh he's the one who tells about that, Junior's yeah. uh, the properties that Tony brought, bought from Junior. He tells Johnny right. Sack about that, and then Johnny Sack wants a cut of that because yeah. the Esplanade is something they or Carmine, right. I guess, yeah. allegedly wants yeah. a cut. But we know that it's Polly that told that right. to little Polly, right? Or whatever, right? Like, yeah. he's being a blabbermouth. He is being a blabbermouth. That is something that he does. I mean, I guess like he's discontent with the family, the way that they're they're dealing with some yeah. things. People haven't been going to visit his mom. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Terrible. Okay. Yeah, there's just like yeah. Terrible affront. It is. There are some things that happen early on in the yeah. season where you just feel like things are a little bit convenient and like characters act in ways that are a little yeah. surprising or oh. heavy-handed compared to the previous seasons. Well, the other really important thing, I don't have too much else, but one of the things that I'm really wondering is how all these bosses can just like go out for dinner so much together. Also an like, excellent question. Like, they're going so deep to, like, get Adriana, right? Like, they're, you know, they're, like, putting in for four months an undercover <laughs> agent, right? And these guys are sitting down to dinner all together. Right. Like, twice a week? <laughs> like, they're having well, all also, these also, like, just meetups. after, like, in a very recent episode, and, they, they and make a point Junior's of, like... Junior's on trial Tony, right now. Yeah, like, like <laughs> Tony says to Christopher, yeah. like, what did you learn? You know, like, you were here at the meeting of two Don sitting down. Yeah. Two bosses, and there's, like, this, like, very secretive thing, and that's, like, a big deal that Christopher's there. Yeah. Yeah, they're all just, like, talking about business over dinner all the time. All the time. I, I don't know how they're doing it. It's okay. How the FBI doesn't know that that's what they're up to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's Esplanade. Yeah, that's, like... Quarter seems, billion dollar project. Yeah, no, it's very convenient. Seems to be flying them. very under the radar. Good for them. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else? I, I kind of, I know we start to see a lot more, um, just like as a future point, um, references to like westerns. Yeah. Right. Like we have Tony talking, talking about, about Gary, Gary Cooper. Cooper. That does become really a thing. Um, we saw like he was watching a western in episode one or episode two. I forget. Episode one, I think. Maybe. I think so, yeah. Um, and I don't know. So, like, just as a point, you know, kind of to do with, again, identity, like Americanism right. and stuff like that, too. Like, yep. what it does mean to be American. Yep. Because um, he, like, and he identifies that, right? He's like, Americans are the strong and silent yeah. type, right? Right. Um, so, it's interesting, again, just to go back to, like, my identity thing, like, you know, how, like, a question would be, like, how does Tony see himself as an Italian and an American. Like, yeah. how does he view his identity? Yeah. Um, how does Meadow, how does anyone, I don't know. I think yeah. it's kind of interesting. But yeah, So, but he, but Tony really has a thing for cowboys. He does. He likes them. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I have, I thought Father Phil, like the way that he shows up, the way they shoot him is interesting. Not shoot him literally, but like <laughs> the way that he shot in film. Like, he's surrounded by women. And it's just, mm. like, he's such a weird character. Like, that's, mm. like, kind of, like, his comfort zone is, yeah. like, surrounded by women with, yeah, this this keynote speaker who's focusing on their issues. But, like, Father Phil seems, like, very in place there. Yeah. And even later when he's eating, like, this, there's just, like, he has a weird connection to the mob family and to Carmela and the mob wives. Like, mm. he's just a, he's an interesting character. And um, it's interesting that he would bring in that keynote speaker and engage with all these people. Like, yeah. that seems to be his strength. Well, they're, they're certainly not the majority in that room, right? What? Like, the mob wives, right? Like oh, they, definitely They're not. trying no. to have this really the loud people voice. people who clap after weird statements yeah. from the keynote speaker. <laughs> like, they're trying to have this really loud voice because they spend money on the church, right. right? Like, they think they're entitled to this voice when they're really, like, in the minority of that group. Right. Um, yeah, it's a strange stance. It is. Just a couple other, like, weird yeah. random things. Um, Georgie gets beat up. He's the only one who really gets, <laughs> gets beat, beat up, up by the cops. Poor Georgie. 
And I thought it was also interesting that it's the first Soprano case in 19 years. Yeah. So when you think about like the weight of this, right? Um, that junior. I mean, it is like you hear it when they're like, "This is you know the next case on the docket is the United States of America right. versus Corrado Soprano." Yeah. Right. Like, it's like right. really really huge. The guys are like, "Oh, we should go," you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like sometimes because Junior is such kind of a diminutive kind of character, it's hard to sometimes like feel the weight of right. what's going on. And I do. So the other scene that I was going to mention with Junior was when he does call, he calls the Bacala house, right? Yeah. Kind of like kind of to check in. Right. And he talks to but Carmela. It's more about if he's going to come. But it's more about himself. That was another example of the people I was talking about who were like not or were looking out for themselves primarily. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I just wanted to bring it back to that too. Um, so, yeah. I thought it was funny with Richard LaPena when he mentioned Albanini's Adagio saying it could be scored to Albanini's Adagio which is like he's just such an asshole character but for there's actually like multiple reasons why that's funny one being that like the fact that he needs to A. name the composer but B. that he like says that it's this like I don't know my interpretation this like it's so tragic for him that it's like scored to this Adagio and he chooses Albanini even over like like a like the Barber Adagio for strings is this like trope like extremely obvious thing that a lot of people would reference and then he actually like goes further i don't know if i could like identify it well i with what albanini's adagio well actually no i couldn't either i mean he's he is like an italian actually it's he's an italian i think guy i guess like much earlier i mean like renaissance um composer i guess or um but or baroque he's a baroque composer okay um but he, yeah, but I guess there's, and I don't know that much about it, but there's a big controversy actually about that specific piece being stolen and that actually it was actually discovered oh, by a musico- musicologist and that they actually like kind of like recreated it much later. So anyway, there's controversy over that piece in particular, okay. but Richard LaPena, there's actually a lot in that tiny statement. But he's the, he's, I mean, after Noah Tenenbaum, he's one of the biggest dicks in the show. Richard LaPena? Yeah. Moo. Yeah. Noah Tenenbaum or Richard LaPena? Who's a bigger dick? I, it's really hard to say. It's really hard. Sorry, I'm just playing this Adagio in G. Is this Albanini? It is. Here we go, guys. It's been so nice talking to you. This is Albanini's Adagio in G minor. And we'll be back for episode oh, four. It would make it kind of like a sad documentary scene where they're fighting, like kind of in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's slow, an excellent. Slow motion yeah. punches. I kind of see it. That's an excellent good, point. Good point, Richard LaPena. Yeah, good point, Richard LaPena. Yeah. It is an amusing... Well, this is good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if the documentary was doing it, they probably wouldn't score it through their phone, through the microphone. Yeah, but... it's from YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. The first or first use of real music on this oh my podcast. God. We'll be back. We're so sad. See you then. Bye.